Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. You're here because you want to learn about how to live a healthier life, how to live more sustainably, how to take your everyday actions and make them work for you and the planet. Sometimes it might feel like you've got this figured out and other times you probably feel lost. That's why I'm here. Together, we will learn how to live happier, healthier lives without the need to be perfect and always allowing space for a little cluelessness on this journey to living a more conscious life. Plant-based lifestyle coach, recipe developer, and cookbook author Kathy Davis is back on the podcast to tell us how to save money, time, and food waste with plant-based meal planning. Here we go. This podcast is sponsored by TerraSeed. TerraSeed is on a mission to disrupt the vitamin industry, empower vegans, and reduce plastic waste in the world. They put everything plant-based people struggle to get in an all-inclusive, vegan, compostable package multivitamin that replenishes them and our planet every single day. Seriously, y'all, win, win, win. Even if you're not vegan, this vitamin will help you get those key nutrients that you need. I am so excited to share a discount code for your first purchase. Use code CARLY50 at checkout to get 50% off. Again, that's C-A-R-L-Y-5-0 for 50% off your first purchase at TerraSeed.com. Don't forget this code so they know I sent you. So welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Carly. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited you're back. Of course, we have to start with the question, where are you feeling right now? Clueless, conscious, in the middle, where are we at today? I, I'm always just a little below conscious, right? Because there's always <laughs> room for growth. There's always room for new awarenesses and new abilities to step into. So I say I'm always just a smidge below conscious because I know I make conscious choices, but what I learn tomorrow may, may shift shift things. So. Yes. I love that. Just a smidge below. Um, so veg inspired as you are known by, you have written multiple cookbooks, one of which I have and adore truly today. I wanted to dive in and we talked about chatting again, a little bit about meal planning and some of the more recent offerings you've had, and let's just dive right into it. So my philosophy on meal planning is much like the Chinese proverb on the teaching a man to fish, right? If I give you a fish, you're only going to eat one day. But if I teach you, you can eat mm-hmm. for a lifetime. Now I'm vegan, mm-hmm. so we're going to leave the fish in the water. <laughs> but when we talk about meal planning, it's really about equipping you to become an awesome meal planner. And mm. I personally started meal planning, gosh, probably six or seven years ago so that I could create order around mealtimes. I wasn't eating whole food plant-based at the Mm. time. I was trying to incorporate, you know, produce boxes and CSA shares. And my husband and I were both working outside the home and there was just a lot going on. And it felt like every night we would dig into this 30, 40 hour long conversation (laughs) on what's for dinner. And I, yeah, the dreaded question, right? All day. I didn't want to do that. So I like this idea of making plant-based eating feel more approachable for people, because as we know, in depending on so many factors, being plant-based can be a privilege. And if you're, if you're privileged enough to be able to do this 
then it's like, okay, how do we make it easier? Because it's different than the standard Western diet that we all grew up on. So do you think that meal planning can can really help people if they want to go plant-based? Do you think that's a tool that can really help that journey? Absolutely. And I, I even believe that meal planning can help you just simply eat more plants, eating more plants from a variety standpoint, right? I want to eat more different types of vegetables. I want to try new to me recipes, new to me vegetables. And you can actually meal plan for a budget, right? Like if mm-hmm. you feel that that eating plant-based is, is outside of your budget, you can use meal planning to fit it in. And what I love about meal planning is it allows you to, you know, piggyback ingredients. So maybe you're buying a, mm. a container of tomatoes and using them in multiple recipes. Uh, you're able to cook things from scratch like beans and plan that in so that you're not having to use canned beans, which can be more expensive. It allows you to take you know, the the grocery store flyer and look at what's on sale and then plan that in. So it can work really, really well for people on a budget. But if you're listening and you're like, you know, I'm not actually on a grocery budget. I I mean, I have a budget, but I'm I'm not limited in funds. Meal planning has hundreds of other benefits. It can help you stick with your dietary plan. It can help you stick with the order in your house to keep you from getting takeout. Any of those things that you to create a routine around creating a meal plan and then showing up and executing it day in and day out, week in and week out allows you to create this order. And success happens when we have order because a confused mind does nothing. So when you Mm -hmm. walk into your kitchen at the end of the day and your mind is chaotic from, from the work day, you got kids running around or whoever distracting you, you look at your meal plan and you're like, oh yeah, taco night. And that's the key, right? You see, you see my face light up, right? Because I tell you to plan meals that you, that excite you. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point too, that it's just, there's so much chaos or it can feel really chaotic when you're learning essentially a new way to look at food. For me, at least like adopting a plant-based diet was just a total shift in how I looked at, looked at food. And that was intimidating, but having a plan can maybe take some of that chaos initially away. Definitely. And, and just it, it helps you see from a higher level, what's in front of you. Mm. Just like, just like you plan your road trips and you throw an address into a GPS, the meal plan is your plant-based GPS. It allows you to navigate this with a little bit more intention. And it allows you to stick with what you said you were going to do. Make a commitment and stick with it. It's also a really good way in my experience to curb food waste, because even if I don't have a Monday through Friday, every meal planned out, if I have even an outline, I can do a better job at making sure, you know, the, the broccoli isn't getting gross or the spinach that wilts in the back of everyone's fridge or whatever it is, we can waste less food because we're like being more conscious about it. Absolutely. And, and you know, you may even say, well, I'm, I'm good at using up the foods that I always bring into the house, right? I always, I can use the broccolis, the carrots, the green onions, the things that I buy intentionally for a specific recipe. Right. But when I want to try a new vegetable and just make it as a roasted vegetable or a steamed vegetable, or maybe I put it in the top of my rice cooker or something that's outside of the norm. Maybe you buy a special vegetable to use as a dip in your hummus, 
but it kind of finds its way to the back of the CRISPR drawer. Having it on a meal plan will help keep it front of mind. It will help direct you towards how you're going to use that new vegetable, how you might use that new fruit, how you might use that whatever can of whatever you bought that's in the pantry that lurks its way to the back, which is another way you can use meal planning. You can take a look at the inventory of foods you have. Maybe you froze foods. Maybe you stocked up. Maybe you're still coming off of some of that COVID stock up and you want to use up some of those grains <laughs> that or flours or breads or whatever it was that you, you bought. So you right. look at what you have and then you piece those into your plan. I really like the idea of helping you to eat more of a variety of plants. I, that's interesting because that's not ever how I've really thought of what a meal plan can do for me. And I am someone who will, like, I eat the same breakfast every single day until I can't stand it. And then I do the same thing with the next one until I can't stand it. And then I rotate back, Um, which is fine if I'm enjoying my meals, I suppose, and I'm getting some whole foods, but the more variety, the better. And that I think is something I've never really considered how a meal plan could assist with. Absolutely. And we actually teach, so I teach a five piece checklist on meal planning and Mm. we actually have a step that asks, what can you eat on repeat? Mm. Because repetitive meals takes the guesswork out, Mm -hmm. but there does come a time when you think I've exhausted this. I no longer want it on repeat. And so you may actually say I can eat strawberry, blueberry, oatmeal, this week and next week, maybe it's avocado toast with fro- you know roasted potatoes, and maybe right. the next week it's tofu scramble burritos. And so, while you can eat it on repeat for five to seven days, it doesn't have to be on repeat for life. Right? No, that's a good reminder. I think we get into these ruts, and I don't want to call you know it's having food that you enjoy every day is not a rut, but if you could add a little bit of variety, maybe one week it's apple cinnamon oatmeal and the next week it's strawberry and the next week next week it's blueberry right. just that simple variety can make plant-based eating more enjoyable yeah and then you're getting a variety of those nutrients and those antioxidants and all of those good things too of course for our bodies as well and for some of us repetition is we enjoy that we enjoy taking the mm. guesswork out eating things on repeat but maybe somebody in our household doesn't so mm. then they get, I call it food fatigue, where you've eaten the same meal so much that you're fatigued by it. You're just, you're, you've exhausted it. And, you know, having variety maybe for littles or for partners or spouses mm-hmm. who may not be ready to adopt this is important as well. Is meal planning, I know when we talked in our first interview, which everyone of course should go listen to. Um, if we talked about how you were plant-based and you were eating out a lot, eating a lot of like processed food in the beginning, did meal plan help you transition to more of a whole foods focused diet? Absolutely. And one of the pieces that I actually it's step number one in our meal plan checklist. So I've now given you all two, two steps. Step one, is to actually plan around your calendar. And mm. I, I'm i very intentional. So if you haven't watched the first session, I do travel the United States, or if you haven't listened to the first podcast, I do travel the United States full-time in an RV. And I love supporting vegan restaurants or restaurants with vegan options. Yeah. But what I found was too much support of that 
didn't lead to my overall well-being. Right. And now I'm very intentional about when I plan those meals in. So we're we're recording this and I'm sitting in St. Augustine, Florida. And the other night we went to a, I would call it a five-star restaurant. I mean, it is top of our top, probably within our top 10 in the entire United States. Wow. And had this amazing tofu dip, right? Amazing yeah. vegan tofu dip. Very intentional decision. I ate out. I enjoyed it. And I got up the next morning and went right back to my whole food plant-based eating because I had a meal plan, because I had a plan around it. Right. So the meal plan helps you build that bounce back. It build that resiliency. It also allows you to take, you know, if you have, you know, we're, we're recording this around the holidays. If you have certain mm-hmm. events, plans, it, it enables you to look ahead and say, oh, gosh, my weekend is really busy with all of these circumstances that might make me feel uncomfortable around food, might have temptations or, you know, foods that don't really align with my goals. How do I want to navigate this? And you might say to yourself, well, Friday, I'll take a, I'll take a a lunch before happy hour. And then, you know, Mm. Saturday I'll, I'll eat brunch with the girls and then I'll come home and have a nice whole food, plant-based potato, broccoli, cheesy sauce meal. And then when I go out that night, I'll eat some potatoes before I go. And then I'll just have a side salad. It allows you to create intention or an entree salad. It allows you to create intention around the places you're going and how that can align with your goals. Because I don't know about you, but I want to live my life. And when I think about living my life, that means not feeling like I'm constantly restricted around food, but I want to be in control of that. I want to be the one making the choice. And so my meal plan allows me to take a bird's eye view of my week and choose where, where and when and how I'm navigating those social situations. And it's been extremely helpful as we visit, visit family who are not vegan Um, Mm -hmm. When we're around our friends who want to just go out and do things all the time, it allows us to, to pull back in and say, okay, how can we still fit these whole food plant-based meals, these high nutrient dense meals into our schedule without feeling like we're constantly telling people, no, we can't eat that. No, we don't want to eat that. No, we don't want to eat there. Can we go here instead? It allows us to take a a grander picture and, and plan it in with intention. Yeah. And I think that that's really important as well to be cognizant of you are trying to eat plant-based or be vegan in a world that doesn't allow that or doesn't, or doesn't not doesn't allow that doesn't support that readily, right? Like that a world that wasn't built for that. And so to continue to have some sense of control over that for your own life can be helpful to not get overwhelmed, I think, in that sense. 100%. And, you know, the the wild thing about all of it is once you start meal planning and looking at what's, you become aware of your options and that mm. gives you empowerment. You, you start to see, I'm the one that's making the choice. I'm the one that's choosing what to eat off of this buffet of food. And when you plan in, you know, maybe how hungry you'll be at an evening at a cocktail hour or how hungry right. you might be at, you know, the family dinner. If you, if you know ahead of time what's being served, you can better prepare for that. And your meal plan can help you with that. You know, I'm, I'm working with a, a client and we were talking about her and her friends often get together and they'll throw a Stouffer's casserole in the, in the oven and then mm-hmm. do games or play or whatever. 
play cards or whatever. And I said, well, you know how you could equip yourself? You could make your own lasagna, divide it into six or eight servings, depending on how big of a pan you use, and freeze each individual serving. And when you know they're getting together for that, you just pull your little lasagna out and you stick it right in the pan. You plan in when you're going to prepare it. Right. You can plan in how you're going to navigate that situation. Maybe you bring a big salad to go along with it. And now you've got your lasagna, your salad, you put some beans. I mean, it can be so easy to navigate with the right tools and meal planning and looking at the big picture is a tool that that can help make this easier and, and more accessible. I think it's important too that you're mentioning that you know it's not that you are trying to restrict yourself. It's actually seeing all the options you have because I know that a lot of people when talking about any sort of diet can talk about really being triggering for people who have had disordered eating and those types of things. So not making it about taking control away, but actually empowering people and showing how much control you have sounds like a really healthy way to look at food. And the beauty is, and so the meal plan can do two things. One, it can take that obsessiveness out. I don't know about mm. you, but when I first started eating whole food plant-based, it was as if I was obsessed with it. I, I needed I needed to know all the answers. And with meal planning, you can get the answers, take time to, to plan it out, and then let go a little bit and just let yourself right. navigate that path. It takes that constant worry about food or what are you going to eat in these situations out because you've already looked ahead. And right. A, a cool tool to add to your meal plan is if you're going to another restaurant, if you're going to a restaurant, going to a friend's house, any social like situation, have a plan around that. Right. And again, it goes back to what, what's the best option on this menu that I can eat. And that might be calling the restaurant ahead of time. That might be looking at the menu ahead of time, taking the get, taking that in the moment. Oh my gosh anxiety. Exactly. Anxiety is a perfect word out of the situation. And just spending a couple of minutes in my program, when I'm working with clients, we actually review menus and they'll Mm. play the whole, like, what would Kathy eat? What would Kathy eat at this restaurant? Mm. Because that's the hardest part. We want to seem normal. I put that in air quotes around food, but we also know people don't want to feed us foods that don't make us feel good. When you start eating plant-based and you have that boost in energy, your maybe your bloating goes down, maybe your digestion feels better, maybe you your skin clears up. You know that when you go to a restaurant and eat something that's not aligned, it's not going to make you feel well, feel good. Right. And right. people don't intentionally want to make you feel bad. So being able to look at that and look at your plans and look ahead gives you that preparation. So you're not caught in this anxious moment, trying to make a decision while there's seven other people trying to look at a menu. You're all the way across the table from the hostess or waitress. You can't, you know, communicate with the server. It's, there's so many factors. And a lot of it too, is looking at the menu and building your own confidence. Oh, this menu has a quinoa bowl. I could do that. No feta. Mm -hmm. There may be oil in the salad dressing. It's intentional. You move on, you call it a day, you pivot right back to your plant-based meal the next day. Oh, this restaurant has pizza. Let me just confirm that there's no cheese in the sauce. Oh, perfect. Can I have pizza with all the veggies? Great. Yeah. Now you have a, now you have a solution. It, it takes that guesswork out because you took just a few minutes 
to set yourself up for that success. This podcast is supported by North. North's mission is to provide unique and innovative cannabis products to help bring peace, calm, and healthy alternatives to their consumers. All of their products have been meticulously designed and formulated by co-founders Brandon and Mike to ensure that their customers receive nothing but the highest quality. Currently, they offer three product lines, Vibes, a THC CBD seltzer, gummies, THC gummies, and fusions, a CBD wellness beverage. I'm a huge fan of the THC CBD seltzer. My current favorite flavor, blackberry mango. Use code CARLY15 to get 15% off your order at drinkthenorth.com. That's C-A-R-L-Y-1-5, or hit the link in the show notes. Enjoy drinking the North. This podcast is supported by Parade Underwear. Parade believes that the materials that touch your skin should be as comfortable as possible, wherever life takes you. That's why their styles come in a large range of fabrics, from seamless universal that disappears under clothes to cozy waffles plush comfort that keep you comfy on every occasion. Parade understands that everyone deserves to express themselves however they choose, because we're all unique. And Parade knows that there's no parade without our planet. They strive to make all of their products from reclaimed, recycled, responsible, renewable, or regenerative materials. This is really a win-win-win. I love Parade. I've been wearing them for a while now, and I can't recommend them enough. And of course, we love the mission. Use code consciously.carly for 20% off your first order. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S-L-Y dot C-A-R-L-Y, consciously.carly. Enjoy your new undies. And you'll feel better knowing you're eating in a way that you want to. And I think we start to feel bad. And like you said, put normal in air quotes. When you're talking about eating a plant-based diet, I think there is a little bit of feeling bad. You're making people accommodate you or asking questions. But I think it's just really important to, you know, remember that that's a part of it, that that is where we're at in society with food. And if you want to advocate for yourself, then these situations are going to call for that. And of course, you don't have to be an asshole. That's not what we're saying at all. But there is a sense of like having to be able to do that because that's where we're at right now. And if you want to make that commitment, then, you know, you decide what you're comfortable with. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the interesting points that I've found is oftentimes at restaurants with a chef, not like short order cook at, at your local right. diner, but a, a chef right. that plans the menu out, they are excited to make something for a plant-based option, excited to get creative. Sometimes simply a phone call ahead of your, yeah. your party's reservation can get you an incredible meal that everybody at the table is jealous of. And you're <laughs> over here eating exactly the way you want to eat. I was at a... Oh, a training somewhere. And they got us food one night and you, you know, checked your dietary stuff ahead of time. And so somebody came over to me and was like, I think you're one of two people eating this vegan pizza. Here's the vegan one. I was like, thank you so much. You know, really appreciate that. And then I went back to get more because I didn't have very much and it was gone because all the non-vegans saw how good it looked. And I was like, had that moment, that classic moment where you're like, happy because it was appealing, but I'm sad because I wanted more. (laughs) Exactly. Every 
every wedding I've been to, people will say, oh, I should have said I was vegan. Your meal looks better than mine. It's just because it's colorful, because it's fresh. It uses ingredients that everybody knows. You know, that's the that's the interesting part about plant-based eating is that it's all common ingredients. And yeah, you know, yeah. as somebody who travels full time, there are a few, a handful of ingredients that I have to plan in to my shopping. Right. But for the most part, I can buy everything I need to eat a whole food plant-based diet or follow a whole food plant-based way of eating at any grocery store in the United States. They all have potatoes. They all have oats. They all have beans. They all have frozen vegetables. Now, the level of organic available may be less, but my number one priority is that it's vegan. And then my second very close priority is that I eat whole foods as close to nature intended. So while Mm -hmm. I would prefer non-GMO and organic, that's not always possible. And so I just move forward and pivot back. It allows you to have so much more access and so much intention around the foods that you're doing when you use this meal planning process to create create the order. You know what to buy at the grocery store. You know what you're looking for, what you're buying. And it takes the guesswork out of what you're making after a long day of work. Which is really, really nice. And I think too, like for some people listening, they're like, well, I'm not totally whole foods plant-based, which I'm not either. I, you know, if I could get vegan Oreo company to sponsor me, I'd probably be in trouble. But I, um, I think that meal planning is another way to kind of also help you if you do want like processed foods as a treat, almost plan that in too. So it's like, you're not just buying it out of I always buy this bag of chips, whatever. And again, I don't want to label food as good or bad. This is if your intention is to live whole foods, plant-based, and that's kind of your goal here. But it's like, you know, if you have your favorite this or that snack, maybe you can plan it in a little bit more instead of just always grabbing it and relying on it. I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking out loud if that makes sense. Absolutely. And, you know, the meal plan allows you to create habits around the habits you want and avoid creating habits around the habits that you don't want. Um, I'm a, I think we talked about this on a, I think we talked about this on an episode before. I could eat an entire package of Oreos. Oreos are accidentally vegan. I don't want to eat an entire package of Oreos. I don't want want to, like that doesn't align with any of my goals. It's not whole foods. It's vegan, but it's not close to nature. What is even the cream? And like, it's not made from cream. So if an Oreo comes into my space, how can I plan it in so that eating a couple of Oreos every day doesn't become a habit where I need to jump on that bandwagon and now I'm down the Oreo rabbit hole and buying Oreos every week. Plan it in and then get it out, like pivot back. If you're cooking for a family and you have homework to do and carpooling to do and extracurricular activities, your crunch points are going to look different than somebody like me who my husband and I both enjoy cooking, but I work evenings. I have coaching calls with my clients. I do live Mm. sessions. And and so my schedule looks different. My crunch points might look different. You know, I don't have crunch points in the morning. I roll out of bed. I have a nice laid back morning routine. I eat my breakfast. Then I come and sit at my desk and get into the office work. So everybody's schedule is a little bit different. And so we teach different meal plannings. Even when you talked earlier about an outline, simply just writing down the three to five new three to five meals you want to make, they might not even be a full recipe. It might just say my burrito bowl. And you know that that's 
brown rice, black beans, guac, pico, and some shredded lettuce. Simple, easy. Every you could buy everything ready right. to the rice. Cook rice. Open a can of black beans. Buy guac, pico de gallo, and shredded lettuce in the produce section, and boom, you're you're good to go. Yeah. So if people are listening to this and they're like, "Okay, I've been interested in going plant based, or I am plant based," and this meal planning thing sounds helpful, I think the idea of meal planning gets thrown around a lot. Like, you know, on Instagram Reels or on Pinterest, and you're like, "Meal plan," but when you say that, what does that look like? Absolutely. Well, let's run through the checklist that I have. So the first step is to look at your schedule. And when I think about meal planning, I think, how am I going to fit plant-based meals into my schedule? Not how is Mm. dinner going to happen, but how am I going to be very intentional? How am I going to have rice prepared, vegetables roasted, a soup made, a chickpea salad made for lunch? How can I fit these foods into my existing calendar? Um, and that, that works for anybody, whether yeah. you're trying meatless Monday or eating plant-based just at dinner time or eating plant-based for breakfast and lunch and still you know, cooking a, a full dinner with animal products for your family. Wherever you are on this journey, meal planning can meet you where you are, but it's creating intention mm-hmm. around your existing calendar. So step number one, grab that calendar. What does your week look like? Where are those crunch points? Is it is it breakfast? Is it when you're trying to get lunches made for the family and yourself and your spouse? And, and then you also have to serve them breakfast at the same time. And you know everybody said you should do a crack pot meal. So now literally you're trying to do three meals the most difficult time of your day when is if you just cooked the meal time at night when you've got two hours after the kids get home from school, it you just start to see how the puzzle fits together. So for me, it's almost like piecing right. the puzzles into your schedule. And then I also, step number two is divided into two key points. When you are looking for inspiration, scrolling Instagram, scrolling Pinterest, looking at cookbooks, that is not part of your meal plan process. That is a completely separate activity. When you're meal planning, you want it to be fairly quick because if it takes too long, you're going to lose interest. So you grab your calendar, you look at your crunch points, you see when you have time to cook, then you look at that inspiration, you set a timer and you say, I'm going to look at the Pinterest recipes that I pinned in the last two weeks, you open it up, those eight recipes are there, I want to try this one, and I want to try this one, you pop them in to your meal plan, and then you move on to the next step. Because if you get sucked into looking at cookbooks, you're going to start at the beginning and you're going to be looking at breakfast foods for 30 minutes when you don't even need to cook breakfast. <laughs> you plug those meals into where they fit on your calendar and then you move into the crunch point time. Right. How can you fit in the foods that align with your goals? Does that look like pre-cooking rice? Look like, you know, you're making chili for the for the football game on Sunday. Can you have a second pot of soup simmering on the back burner that you can eat on the two days this week when you've got carpool and homework and re- Christmas concerts or recitals or, you know, maybe a book club, whatever it is, you have something simmering that you can eat as a leftover. So it's not necessarily full on meal prep out in 10 different bowls, but it's more, how can I prepare this so that I don't have to prepare it tomorrow so that I could throw, dump it in the crock pot and heat it up. Right. And as my teenagers come home, they can scoop some and then off to practice or as you know, my husband gets home, he can eat it because I'm going right to book club after work or my, you know, my partner can eat it, whatever it is. It allows you to have this 
availability for whoever's coming in, whoever is, you know, needs to eat off of that bowl of food. And I kind of skimmed through these steps. But then the next step is the what can you eat on repeat? And this is where you say, okay, my breakfast can be on repeat. Mm -hmm. My lunch could be that potato soup that I'm making Sunday. I could actually put that out and make and meal prep it into five containers. And I could eat that every day for lunch. Or I could eat rice every day this week. And then each night I have, I have 30 to 40 minutes. I can dice up some veggies and mix up a stir fry one night and curry one night, roasted veggies one night and eat that all over rice. And so rice is the, you can eat that on repeat, but you can vary what you put on top of it, beans and vegetables and different things like that. Right. And then the last step in my meal planning framework is to pick meals that excite you, but no more than two new Mm. to you recipes a week. Because when when you try these recipes, it may take longer than the recipe says. You may hate it. (laughs) And you want to have as many meals Mm -hmm. that excite you as possible. Yeah. Yeah, that's really smart because I know when I was first trying to eat plant-based, I was just like, every meal I make will be new and exciting. And I don't even know what these ingredients are. And it was then very overwhelming because I was also learning to cook a lot of these things. Right. I mean, we, so we've been vegan for eight years, but only whole food plant-based for the last three. And when we switched from like the vegan processed foods, eating Mm -hmm. out a lot, this more whole food way of eating, I thought that I wanted to do 21 new meals, a new breakfast every day, a new lunch every day. (laughs) I had, I, you need like 75 grocery reusable grocery bags to buy groceries for 21 meals. Yes. Like like you gotta slow your roll. You can't go into the grocery store with a list of ingredients for 21 recipes. It's just not going to be functional. And then stuff was going bad because I literally just couldn't use it fast enough. Or you have all these leftovers and then you have no plan for leftovers and meal planning allows you to plan for leftovers. So let's say you do take up the idea of roasting some vegetables to eat over rice. Maybe the next day you use those roasted vegetables as a taco filling add some beans. And now you've got a bean and roasted vegetable taco filling. So just looking at different ways to repurpose those leftovers, but you can put that in your plan. So you don't get home and think, Oh, I was going to do tacos, but what was I going to use as a filling? All I have are beans. No, I have, I have the roasted vegetables leftover for that. That makes a lot of sense. I love that you, when I chat with you, you are always good at putting things in such a practical way. For people to understand. And I really appreciate that about your approach to talking about plant-based foods is it's just very like, this should be fun. This should be exciting. This can be these things instead of it feeling so overwhelming. Well, and I mean, we talked about this, I think in the first episode we did, I didn't want to go vegan eight years ago. I mean, my husband really had to pull right. me into this lifestyle with my heels dug in pretty deep. And so for me, it was the familiar food. It was the exciting meals. It was the tacos and the the food, my pastas, the foods that were my favorite. Yeah. And then the more I let myself eat this way, then I found the processed foods. And then I ended up down the processed food rabbit hole, which just didn't, didn't give me the well-being that I was looking for, which is how I moved from more processed foods to more whole foods. But for me, it was really about how can we make plant-based eating accessible to anybody? It doesn't matter where you are in your journey, whether you're a brand new cook or on a limited budget. There's so many ways that you can eat affordable, easy to cook plant meals. It doesn't have to be 
fancy gadgets. And I mean, you know, I think, I think sometimes, and maybe that's, maybe it's a chip on my own shoulder is I, I travel in an RV. I don't have room for every new gadget that comes out for plant-based eating, right. and every new vegan food that's stored wherever. I mean, I needed it to be simple and I needed it to be accessible and I needed it to be something that I could repeat and duplicate over and over and over again. And that's, that's why I wrote the cookbooks that I wrote. And everybody just focused on eating more plants, adding more kale, adding more sweet potatoes, starting to reduce their processed foods one step at a time and just giving themselves the grace and the empowerment and the choices through that, they wouldn't feel so overwhelmed. This all or nothing attitude right. doesn't need to happen. And with a tool like a meal plan, whatever framework you use, whether it's a strict Monday to, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, or an outline or a list or a dry erase board where you just write the theme, like pasta, tacos, soup, whatever it is. That's what we're trying to communicate here is how to make this easy and accessible for anyone. I think that's really cool. And I've been thinking about food accessibility a lot lately, and I just interviewed someone and the interview will be out soon. And they're part of, you know, like a vegan food bank. And I love this idea of talking about food and accessibility and and really continuing to explore that. Because I think in the beginning, I was like, being plant-based is easy just because I ooze privilege and thought that it was for everyone, right? And there, there are ways to talk about that and how it can be more accessible than we think. And then how to use this knowledge to kind of pass that forward too. Yeah, it's it's interesting because when you have access to any grocery store, right? When I lived in Pittsburgh, I had access to Whole Foods and Trader Joe's and specialty stores. And, and right. my husband and I are double, double income. Like we had the, the means to do it. We had the right. time to do it. We knew how to cook, right? Like I, gr- I grew up in a family. Yeah. Like, like yes. I knew how to do it. I knew I, I had the, I had the dishware. I mean, it just, it made it much easier in the beginning, but my mindset wasn't in it. And then obviously, as Mm. I downsized my house, changed careers, and now I travel and I don't have the same grocery stores. And I'm not, you know, I'm not following the whole food trail. I'm not like a, I'm not like on the whole foods tour anymore. (laughs) I, I'm shopping at smaller grocery stores. I'm, I'm not looking. I mean, I love farmers markets and orchards and, and being able to eat as close, really right from the farm. And so I think, right, you know, when we, when we, take that ease out and we say, okay, what can I access that's plant-based? Maybe I don't know how to cook this the way this person on Instagram is telling me to cook it, but I know how to steam kale or I know how to boil rice. I'm going to try it without the oil or without the animal stock that my family might've used. Maybe I can use veggie stock and we make those easy number one switches in the beginning. Maybe it's vegetable broth in place of chicken, we start to see what those, how that works. We start to see the taste. We, we can, we can see yeah. the correlation. And then to be honest, when you look at the prices of vegan food, no wonder why people are like, Oh, I can't go vegan. I don't have the money for that because vegan cheese is like three times the price of dairy cheese. But hear me when I say you don't need to eat vegan cheese just because you're vegan. You can just omit cheese right. altogether. Or you can make a similar taste and texture or sauce or whatever without having to spend $13 on cheese. Absolutely. And if you use foods like potatoes, squash, carrots, um, bell pep, you know, roasted bell peppers, 
you can do it at a fraction of the cost and you don't need as many raw cashews because that's the next thing that comes up is people will say, I can't eat it because cashews are $10 a pound. I, I know how much cashews are too, but you don't need a whole pound of cashews every time you make a cheese. You could do a fourth of a cup or something else. So you just start to learn how it works for you and your taste buds and your budget. Which is why I think it's really cool that there are people like you providing resources like this and having conversations like this to make it seem less intimidating. So what do you have uh, to share with listeners? I know you have a cool offering around meal planning. I do, I do. So um, I, I, I started because I believe in the process of teaching people how to meal plan. I started teaching the Meal Plan Accountability Club and it helps people become more confident and consistent with meal planning. So we get together each week, we meal plan, I teach a little lesson, a framework, an idea, and then we meal plan together so that I can get my meal plan done and you can get your meal plan done. But in order to you know, get people started, I wanted to gift them one of my done-for-you meal plan templates. Now, again, I believe in teaching mm. you how to meal plan. But in order to get you right. started and kind of see what my framework is, what I do is I do the meal plan, the recipes, and the grocery list. So we're going to gift them a full meal plan. Um, it's recipes the whole family will love. So it uses familiar foods because again, I wasn't, pl- I didn't want to go vegan way back eight years ago. So I had to, you have to use mm-hmm. familiar foods to make that more accessible and easier for people. And then um, it has the recipes and the grocery list. So you can easily check that off and it'll just give you an idea of, Amazing. of what we teach and how we teach and how we teach you. That's just one framework, but that gives you a good, a good idea. And you can find that at veginspire.com slash podcast. So it's a freebie. It's fun. Lots of good recipes. Everybody loves it. And again, it's if you're looking to become more efficient with meal planning, uh, just hit me up on Instagram. Let me know. Check out the Meal Plan Accountability Club and we can we can see if it if it would be something fun for you to do. Awesome. I will put that link in the show notes so everyone can find that. I know it's going to be a popular thing from this episode because that's just such a cool resource. Thank you. I want to help people create order in their life. And meal planning is one thing that we can take the guesswork out so we don't have to worry about what's for dinner because that's the worst question. Worst text message ever. (laughs) It really is such a like defeated feeling (laughs) when you have to figure that out. And especially for me, I'm in Minnesota and it's dark at like 4.30. So asking that question when it feels like it's midnight, you're like, oh, I don't know. Cookies? Can we just have peanut butter and jelly? Honestly, is there anything that you wanted to share with listeners that you haven't gotten a chance to? Honestly, no matter where you are in your plant-based journey, just know that it's a journey and celebrate the mm. uh, move past the temporary setbacks and don't stay stuck in yesterday. Live in the moment, eat the foods that you, you know, are make the best choice you can in the in the moment. I always tell I always tell everybody I operate from the philosophy of intention over perfection. You don't have to be perfect, but intention helps create the habits that align with your goals. That's really, really nice. Thank you so much, Kathy. This was great. Thanks for having me again, Carly. I really appreciate it. And to the listeners, you know, rate this episode. Tell us what you loved about it. Yeah, Carly's awesome. And I love coming back. So if it's if it gets lots <laughs> of stars and thumbs up, uh, maybe she'll have me back for a third time. <laughs> yes, listeners, it's on you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kathy. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe, share with your friends, put it on social media. Don't forget to tag me. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods, leave a review. Reviews and shares help more people to see the podcast and join in on the fun. If you want to make sure to stay up to date on future episodes, follow me at Consciously Carly on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or Pinterest, and head to consciouslycarly.com to sign up for the newsletter. Ready for more Conscious Living content? Check out patreon.com slash consciouslycarly and join the exclusive community over there. And finally, if you're ready to take better care of yourself and the world, let's work together. Click the link in the show notes to head to the website, find out more, and schedule a free discovery call with me. Chat soon. This podcast is supported by Will's Vegan Store. Will's Vegan Store has been a vegan company at the front of vegan clothing and sustainable fashion since they launched in 2013 by their founder, Will Green. They produce the most beautiful, vegan, sustainably made shoes, clothing, and accessories. I have been obsessed with this brand for years now. They were one of the first vegan brands that I really made the switch to. It can be hard to thrift shoes, but I love knowing that if I'm going to purchase a pair of shoes from Will's Vegan Store, they are going to be ethically made, their workers are protected, they don't use plastic packaging, they're delivered in an environmentally friendly way. It's truly the most amazing company to support. So if you're ready to try them yourself, hit the link in the show notes so they know that I sent you. (laughs) 